0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: bet on the edge of the box.
2: Oh, it's a straight up screamer.
3: Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at PalmerBear. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1 800 858 858.
4: Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN.
2: Uh, plenty making headlines today. So one 736 736 is the number for Time On because, as you know, Time On is your say on the news of the day. We'll talk VFL2 with Nigel Carmody. The season's getting set to start this weekend. Good Good evening. Hope you've had a ripping day. Sam Hargreaves with you for Time On. one 736 736 Your say on the news uh, of the day. We'll talk VFL. It's got an incredible new look about it this year. Fascinated to see how this unfolds. It's a three-state competition, as we know. The bulk of the team's still uh, in Victoria, but uh, two teams in New South Wales, uh, four teams in Queensland. A 22-team competition. He's the voice of the VFL, Nigel Carmody's going to join me after 6.30. We've plenty making news today, and if if you've been uh, at work and you've had SEN on, uh, maybe in the car or maybe in the workshop or maybe around the office, wherever uh, you're taking us in, and you've just been itching to be able to get the phone out, dial 1300 736 736 and uh, have your say on what's been happening throughout the course of the day, then uh, now is the time to do it. Uh, 0433 98 is the temper text line. Temper, of course, a mattress like no other. Uh, So things you may have missed, uh, the all day socks for underworks, pass every uh, comfort test. Um, Fascinating to see that Bulldogs CEO uh, Amit Baines. It was a great chat that he had uh, on mornings with Sammy Edmund. He discussed uh, a lot of hot topics that are going on in regards to the Western Bulldogs, their start to the year. Um, but uh, the one that really, a couple that really uh, pricked my ears up were the uh, the Marcus Bontempelli uh, contract situation. And this is what he had to say about where the Bont is at. Came 150 for Marcus Bontempelli this Saturday afternoon it is, against the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, and this is what to meet Baines had to say about the contract situation with Bont.
3: Those discussions... Um, I mean, there's been ongoing, again, ongoing dialogue um, across the, the whole year between Sam Power and, and Tom Petraro, Marx's manager, and clearly, internally, um, Marx is having conversations um, on, on a daily basis with key people in at the club. Um, I think from our perspective, we're really comfortable that... Um, he's a committed bulldogs player um, as captain of our club he's he's done an outstanding job two thousand and twenty was challenging for all of us, let yeah. alone a, a first time captain at age twenty four who had to deal with a, a lot of the different pressures you know particularly with the hub and, and relocation and, and we 've seen a real growth in him and his leadership um, and, and partly you know that's the reason why we sit where we do right now. He was really strong on wanting to to be the embodiment of our focus on starting the year really strongly and to make that the, the priority and then to um to come back to these discussions so yeah look we're we're really confident that um we can get something done in in the coming weeks and and certainly now with the start that we've got you know we're, we're hoping to uh, get those talks started uh, not started but um ramped up in a in a bit more earnest um over the next fortnight or so
2: uh Amit Baines speaking to Sam Edmond this morning is doing a cracking job filling in for Jared Waitley. Of all the players coming out of contract or heading into free agency at the end of this year, he is the one I've got the least amount of concern for. Uh, Bulldogs fans, are you the same with that? One 736 It would seem to be a fait accompli. I cannot, I know that there'll be and, and you'd be remiss in your duties. You'd be derelict in your duties not to go after Marcus Bontempelli. Uh, he's ended up being the best player to come out of his draft year. You'd be mad not to chase him up, but I I just cannot see him going anywhere. Uh, he's won a premiership with the dogs. I reckon they'll feel like they've got unfinished business. Cannot see the bond uh, going anywhere. Uh, this was the other part that really pricked my ear up. Amit Baines uh, was, uh, as I said, on with Sam Edmond today. He spoke about uh, the Josh Dunkley situation and whether or not uh, they expect Essendon to come again for Josh Dunkley. Do you expect Essendon to come back for Josh Dunkley? At season's end?
3: Oh, I, absolutely and, and potentially other clubs too. I, I think from um, Essendon's point of view they were able to in the end um, get Josh to want to come and, and play for their football club and obviously didn't come to fruition and um, we expect them to, to come again. Whether or not they do is, is obviously um, their, their prerogative. Um, Josh has contracted till the end of 2022 and um, you know, we were, were really adamant that we didn't want to lose him for, for so many reasons. And again, whilst it's only a small sample size for the start of this year, I think it shows how valuable he is to us um, as a footy club, both on field and and as a person. So, um, you know, we, we won't be letting him uh, walk out the door again um, at, at the end of this year. Um, we don't think that he is in that frame of mind in any event. And, you know, you spoke about at the start, he and... Um, Adam have become particularly close, but, you know, he's got many, many close mates at the footy club, including uh, the captain himself. So, yeah, hopefully uh, last year was a bit of a blip and and, and Josh enjoys mm. a, a long, productive and successful career at the Bulldogs from here.
2: I meet Baines with Sam Edmonds this morning. So they're hoping for a Tom Papley-like situation, uh, hoping that Josh Dunkley, who wanted to leave, uh, they deny that trade, they don't get it done. He stays. He's playing really good footy this year. I believe he's had more smothers to this stage of the season than anyone in the history of the game. Uh, He's got 10 smothers for the year. Uh, There's a stat for you. The part of that that I find interesting is we will not be letting him. Now, that's all fine by me, but it does sort of fly in the face, I think. And and this is going to be the interesting thing that plays out with the situation where the coaches uh, surveyed 14 out of the 18, I think it was, said that they want the ability for the clubs to be able to trade a player without the player having to agree to it. So on the one hand, you want total control over what you can do with a player, but you want no control for the player on what they are able to do, apart from what they already have in free agency. I would say that if at the end of this year, and if they do bring in a situation where the clubs can carte blanche, and I think it'll come, they can trade a player regardless of what they want, then... You won't be able to deny a player a request on the other side of it. I think you will have to give something to get something, and I think that will be the thing. So interesting to hear that they have just categorically, we won't be letting him go under any circumstances. We won't letting we're not letting that happen. That was fascinating to come out of that and meet Baines. Chat. Uh, he was asked uh, about the ticketing situation that's frustrating fans at the moment. They're one of two games this week that are going to be used as a trial to collect data that's going to then go into. Um, calculating the way in which we'll get to 100% and uh, being able to make sure that contact tracing is all fine. Uh, This is what uh, Amit Baines had to say.
3: Yeah, I think it's been really difficult across the the whole competition, Sam. You know, we've seen crowds um, not hit their um, historical averages, um, you know, for... Uh, the early part of the season, and you know, a range of factors around that and, and walk ups is no doubt one of those um, i think in in fact, probably Ballarat on the weekend, which is obviously a, a really small capacity venue, has um, the only one that in victoria 's hit sell out at the seventy five percent stage so um, it has it has been a little bit of a worry, but hopefully um, as everyone gets a bit more confident and comfortable with the system in place that that might change um obviously a key part of it is for contact tracing purposes that um there's a bit more complexity to the ticket purchasing arrangements but we're part of a trial this weekend for our game against Gold Coast where anyone purchasing tickets has to provide a name and a contact phone number as part of the contact tracing system and hopefully for the extra 10 or 15 seconds that that takes people to do it it then gives the government confidence to, to move to um, maybe a bit more of a streamlined system moving forward, but even more importantly, um, 100% crowds um, in the coming weeks too.
2: Amit uh, meet Baines, Sam Ebbin this morning, sen.com.au to hear the full chat. A little bit more I wanted to go through from that. He spoke about coaching cuts as well. I'm going to come back to that and ticketing's been a big conversation for the last, well, ever since the season started. And, and most of the feedback that keeps coming through on the Temper Tech are on the phone one 736 There's a lot of things. A lot of people saying I'm not getting the seats that I pay for. Uh, that's I'm finding that quite frustrating. Some people saying that there's a difference between the, pro te- the, the, the process with Ticket Tech and Ticketmaster, uh, and that's frustrating for them not being able to sit together. Some people saying that's really frustrating and preventing them from going. Other people saying the cost is prohibitive, and other people saying that I just can't do it at the moment, uh, and other people that saying oh it's all a bit too hard. And and I understand all those things. I did have a chat to a mate of mine today that, that lives in Germany, and they're in full lockdown. And we're chatting by text. I said, how are you travelling? And he, he said, I'm getting, trying, just getting through. I, I, I look at what's going on in other places in the world, and I look at what we're able to do, and I just think, Geez, do we have much to complain about? You know, is it that much of a hardship to do a couple of extra steps? You tell me. I may be totally out of my depth here, but you tell me, is it that hard to follow a couple of do it, click a couple of extra buttons on a thing? And I know that the, the you know the the having to do it all by phones and and not having paper tickets and not just being able to scan your membership and not being able to rock up. I know there's a lot of prohibitive things, and I'm not having a crack at people that aren't going. But it just gave me a little bit of perspective, and I wonder if that gives you any uh, about what we're able to do as opposed to to other countries at the moment. I would say this though that. Just going to 100%, this magical word of 100%, 100%, I don't think that's the problem. We're not even getting 100% of the 75%. So it's not like everybody's banging down the doors at the moment and just can't get in. There's seats. There's seats there. But we're not going. And why are people not going? And that's been coming through loud and clear. It's it's not that it's, well, if it can't be 100, then I'm not going because we're not even getting the 75% filled. It's, it's every other step that people are having to go through and they're not liking the extra hoops and not liking not being able to sit where they want. So I, this magical word of 100% keeps coming up, but it's not the 100% that's a problem. It's it's what I'm hearing from you is that it's every other thing that you've got to go through to get to the footy. Uh, Harry's in Clifton Hill. Hello, Harry. I, I agree with you with the uh,
0: ticketing situation. I reckon people are just complaining to complain, but uh, I just want to talk about um, Zach Merritt. And obviously, um, Zach hasn't signed his contract, and I think that the a little bit more of a wearing situation compared to the uh, the Bonten pally situation, although, you know, they're winning. Um, if we go hard for Dunkley at the end of the year, do you think that will give extra reason for Zach Merritt to be kicked out of the midfield? Or, because we have a lot of Collingwood six-footers, um, we might shift around somewhere else, someone else. I'm just uh, just trying to toss up we have a lot of midfielders under six foot that don't really get in and get that uh, hard ball. We have Dylan Shield, but he he's not very good at the contest. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of waffling off, but, yeah, I'm just uh, trying to figure out where Dunkley would fit in. He's obviously a good fit, but where Zach Baird would
2: go. Is oh, I think well, if the Bulldogs have if the Bulldogs have shown us anything, then you can absolutely fit in. That, that, their midfield roster bats very deep. It's almost like a, a, a batting yeah, line-up uh, on, a, on a cricket team sheet. So you can find a way yeah. to to play them all. And I think that, like a lot of footy clubs will tell you, that there's there's no problem in, in finding room to add yeah. good quality players and good quality people, which he is viewed to be both, Josh Dunkley. What do, you, what do you think we should give up or
0: do you think we should go to the draft? What do you think the better option?
2: I just, I just lost you there for a minute. What was that?
0: Oh, um, do, you, do you think going to a draft is a better option or getting a, a mature body like Dunkley in is uh, better for the team at the moment?
2: If I was Essendon? Yeah. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, if it's specifically Josh Dunkley or draft, and I'm not – I haven't familiarised myself with the prospects coming through in the draft, and it would also depend on where I- – I don't reckon I'd be feel confident answering that question, and I'm not sitting on the fence until the end of the year where I know yeah. where and finish and what they've got coming in terms of draft picks. Very,
0: sorry, I've heard it's a very uh, midfield-heavy draft as opposed to last year, mm. um, which obviously we couldn't really tell what big, the you know the big players were doing, but this is a, a pretty good indication of what talent we're going to get through that system, which is good. But, yeah, it's just interesting how... Um, I would roll with obviously I'd really want to have Dunkley in the Essendon this year. I don't know anyone would good in the hash. But um yeah, it's just interesting. Obviously watching Western Bulldogs see how their system runs, it obviously works and I have a very handball dominant game and we're trying to I think we're trying to adopt that. Yeah, we're
2: uh, getting to it. it. It'll be it will be a fa- it'll be a must-watch space, won't it? And uh, and it was put on the agenda today with the Meet Baines, and really open and honest, saying, yeah, we expect them to come again. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't you want a player like that? We totally understand it, but we're not letting him go. Uh, so we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Harry, thank you very much. Marks in Sunshine West, ticketing issues. Mark, how you going, Sam? Really well, thanks. And yourself? Oh, yeah,
1: good mate. Reason I rang, I heard you talking. He's saying you're talking to your mate in Germany. My partner's daughter's in Germany as well. and They've been in lockdown for six months, and we should be grateful. I mean, I've got a reserve seat at Geelong. I pay nearly a 1000 bucks a year. I can't sit in my reserve seat yet, but it, I'm just happy to go to the footy. I'm happy that local footy's back, you know? And she's just got out of lockdown. And she's in Dubai. They've actually just been able to get out of lockdown since November. So yeah. we should be grateful for what we have and that we can see our families and we don't have to, you know, that we can actually get out. And see people where people overseas, some still can't get out. So yeah. I'm just grateful I can go to the footy, mate. As yep. frustrating as it is, at the end of the day, I can still go and watch the catch play. The local footy's back on. I can go to my local footy now, back coaching. And I'm just grateful. Yeah. And still grateful.
2: No, Mark, I hear, and I'm I'm certainly not trying to be dismissive of people who are genuinely experiencing angst around it, but I, it just it just made me think a little, and and again, I don't have to go through the processes that people are with differing memberships, and it's all quite complex and complicated depending on what you've paid for and what you normally get as opposed to what you're getting now. Uh, so I totally understand there are people with legitimate beefs and griefs. So I get that. I just brought that up as a as a bit of a perspective provider, hopefully. Uh, in terms of what we're having to experience. Uh, Chris is in, Madison. Hello, Chris. Hey, how are you going? I'm really well, thanks. That's
4: good. Um, I, the last game I went to was Richmond-Sydney uh, two weekends ago, and I hear what everyone's sort of saying about the, you know, the 75%, how we're not getting there as yet, but it's to me, it really did seem like they had people sitting in the nosebleed seats in the Southern Stand, but nobody at all sitting in the AFL members or the MCC members. Yep. So if those 75000 are distributed across you know, MCC, AFL, corporate members, and then it goes to general admission, I, I, I actually did know a few people that wanted to go to the game that couldn't get tickets, but it got absolutely nowhere near capacity. So I don't know if that's because people are allocating for a free ticket and they're not going, or if it's because it needs to be full of MCC for them to reach that. But I know as you know, Richmond fans, we generally don't fill up the MCC, and that's usually why we never hit the 100,000 mark, even in really big blockbuster finals games. So I don't know if that's what's causing it, but um, I, I really do think that the way that they're sort of distributing the seats, it's really strange that they've got empty sections, mm-hmm. but then they've got really full sections um, in the general admin. Right.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm I'm not an expert on it. I understand that the, the the AFL are just following directions from the state government on how this process is supposed to roll out, and and and, and these are the hoops you've got to jump through to be able to have what how you know the amount of fans we're allowed to have at the moment at the footy at the footy. Um, so I, I understand all those things, and I'm not dismissing people's concerns about what they're having to go through uh, to get it. But when I keep hearing this 100%, 100%, I um, go, okay, that's, that's great. But the, the, the most important thing is, are we going to have to still keep doing the same things because not everybody's vaccinated yet? So are the, are the things that are preventing people from going now, are they still going to be in place even when we get to the 100%? Because we keep hearing this magical number of 100%. But to me, it seems like it's, it's about what people are having to do to get to the footy in the first place. So, and we would be much more informed if there was somebody fronting up to explain it. Um, I think that is causing frustration for people as well. But, Chris, I appreciate the call. Uh, Brad, stay right there. We've got uh, some other calls coming through, 1300 736 736. And for this text, so to recap, media ask why people aren't going. People tell you their personal preference. You say harden up and stop being precious. It's a personal choice. I didn't say any of those particular words. But uh, if that's how you've heard it and that's offended you, I unreservedly apologise. But certainly not what I said um, if you were listening one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Time on. Brad, stay right there. I'll come to you on the other side. We'll keep updating you on the things that you may have missed throughout the day for all day socks by Underworks. Pass every test. Go on, pick up a pair from major retails and test them for yourself.
0: You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN.
2: What I will say in regards to
0: Adam, which
3: is, I assume, pretty obvious, is clearly an incredibly highly valued member of our team and club. He's an outstanding young man. Um, and he's incredibly invested in the in the program and club in 2021, and obviously for what we hope is a foreseeable future. And, and with that in mind, we're in really positive discussions with Adam and his management, and we look forward to progressing those positively over the coming weeks and months. Categorically, he hasn't got a contract on the table yet, or is there, or, or is there toing and froing going on between yourself and other clubs, including Carlton, which is what we heard on radio last night. No, we've put something to Adam um, that we're talking to him and his management about at the moment. And as I said, they're really positive discussions and we look forward to working with him and his management over them over the coming weeks, Goss. Uh,
2: Simon Garlick from the Dockers speaking to Tim Gossage on SEN in WA uh, about Adam Chera. The report uh, yesterday from Kim Habdu- Hagdorn uh, that... Uh, on, uh, w, on SENWA's drive with Peter Vlahos that Carlton are keen on uh, Adam Chera from the Dockers. Fremantle reportedly had tabled a $3 million deal for him over four years, The 21-year-old, uh, and they're hoping to keep him in Western Australia. Uh, Carlton's offer reportedly between 2.6 to 2.7 over four years. And off the text, Aaron says, Sam, listening to the news this morning, linking Carlton and Adam Chera, do you think this is a backup plan for Crips, or can we fit him in anyway? Um, all right you've been spending a fair bit of money in recent years. I don't know if it's a backup plan for Paddy Cripps. Maybe it's an enticement to keep Paddy Cripps. I've said it a few times that if I was Paddy Cripps, I wouldn't be signing at Carlton until there's a few more players that pop up in the top 50 centre clearance winners. They had two last year and the top 100 clearance winners. They had four last year. So until he knows that he's going to get some help in the middle to bear the brunt of the grunt work that he's had to do from the moment he walked in the door, then if I was him, I'd be saying, well, who are you getting to help me? Uh, and that might be the person they're getting to help him. Uh one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Aaron in WA wants to speak about Adam Scherer. Hello, Aaron. Aaron, have we got you there? Oh, we might have lost Aaron. Uh we'll get back to you. Uh Brad's in Kilsyth, who's been waiting patiently. Good day, Brad. Yeah, good mate. How you going? Really well, thanks.
0: That's all right. Um just uh Ringing in regards to the career capacities, mate. Um, I'm an AFL member, 40 years, um, so which puts us in a platinum privileges um, package, um, which we've come to rely on the cheaper um, guest passes. Uh, and I reckon the reason I'm not going is because I can't take anyone. Mm. Can't even take yep. family, can't take anyone. Um, so I'm just wondering if... Other AFL members
4: are in that boat um,
2: because um, who wants to go to footy by themselves? Oh, totally. Oh, I absolutely hear you. And my partner's an AFL member as well. She's been a 19-year yep. Collingwood member. Um, and there's been a few games where her, her dad and her sister have all have been able to sit together. But that's taken a bit of wrangling from what I can tell. Uh, and there's been other yep. games where they haven't been able to sit together and, and her dad's had to go and sit by himself while uh, the girls sit together. So, yeah, I, I totally get that um, the only... and, and don't dismiss it at all.
4: Yeah,
0: but what um, – they're not getting the capacity, so why aren't they just reintroducing it? That's a bit I don't understand.
2: Uh, it's, it, it's not – from what I – again, I don't profess to be the expert and the authority on this, but the AFL are doing what they're instructed. Uh, That's why there's trial games this weekend in regards to making sure you provide all the details of the people that you're taking with you um, so that contact tracing can be uh, more efficient. They're doing what they're being required to do by the state government. So it's really a state government question. So it's really a Martin Pakula question, um, the the acting premier question, uh, and we... And we haven't really heard much on it for for a while. So hopefully Martin Pakula can come out next week and, and just explain what's happening, why it's happening, um, and the need for it. And well, look, they might feel they've already done that, but it never hurts to just give a little refresher because it's coming through at a, at a rapid rate of knots every day on SEN. You're telling us your experience and, and the difficulties that you're facing uh, in getting to the football. And some of them are, are absolutely genuine uh, in their in the concerns that you have. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Have we got Aaron back? Aaron, are you there?
4: Uh, yes, I am, Sam. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, mate. I heard a report out of the West this morning linking uh, Adam Chera to the Blues. And from what I understand, it seems to be a reasonably healthy deal on the table. Now, I know we've put some pretty big contracts on in the last couple of years. We've got Jack Martin, uh, Adam Saad, and uh, Zach Williams, I'm just wondering if this you think this might be a bit of an insurance policy in case that Paddy Cripps maybe does want to come back to WA. Your thoughts?
2: Uh, Aaron, if you're the person that texts in, I think I just answered you. Uh, I might have just read your text. Oh, and sorry, it. Oh, a double banger. Hey, um, no, my, what my, my view was that I don't necessarily think it's a, a, an insurance for Paddy Cripps. I think it might be an assurance for Paddy Cripps that they're going to get him help in the at the coalface in the middle um, and it's been pointed out via text too that Mitch McGovern's deal ends this year, whether that gets extended and they've got him on decent money. So maybe that's how they can afford that as well as keeping Paddy Cripps. I'm not convinced that it's, uh, as I say, I'm not convinced that it's an insurance. It could, it could very well be an assurance to keep him there, to get him help in the middle. Hey, thanks for the call. Um, Matt's on the road who wants to talk Josh Dunkley. G'day, Matt. G'day,
4: mate. I am um, just uh, want to talk about um, Josh Dunkley and the fact that does he even want to go? Um, to, to Essendon, I mean, you, you look at, um, you know, Essendon sort of offered him, offered him the world there, and said, you know, they've, they've approached him and said, right, we can, we'll get you out of there and, and stuff like that. But, you know, they didn't, they didn't do uh, anything for him.
2: Yeah, they didn't get the deal done. And the reason why it's come up uh, today is that uh, Sam Edmund just asked to meet Baines. Are you expecting another, um, another foray from Essendon on Josh Dunkley? And he said, absolutely. Would be, we'd be shocked if. I'm paraphrasing. He said, "Yeah, we're absolutely expecting it. Why wouldn't you want him? Um, we're not letting him go. And at this stage, we believe that uh, Josh wants to stay. So they're confident that it's like a Tom Papley situation where, yeah, he asked to leave, and there were things he wasn't happy about. But we think we've rectified those, and um, we expect them to come again. But our answer will be no, as it was uh, the year before. So I think that that's why it's come back today. And, and so it should be. I mean, surely, surely, if you're if you're you know, a football club, and you
4: approach a player, and you get them to the point where they're asking the club where they're contracted to leave, um, and then you don't get the job done. I mean, wh- what does that what does that do to the player for their you know for their sort of standing in the football club that they've asked to leave that they now have to go back to? And not only that, they made the promise of signing his brother, and I don't see him running around for Essendon at the moment.
2: Uh, I've got a text here saying that Kyle Dunkley was added to the VFL Essendon's leadership group this week, so I think they have go, they've put him on uh, at VFL level. So there you go. There's an interesting little piece. There's a little side note to the story. Um, So we'll we'll just keep an eye on all that, Matt, I reckon. And look, you're 100% right. Clubs can knock on the door of any club for any player. And at the moment, the clubs, if they don't want that player to leave, even if that player does, they're well within their rights to say no. Why I find this interesting, Matt, is because coaches have been uh, surveyed and 14 of the 18, I think it was, or 15 have said they want the ability to trade players without the players having a say-so. My take on that is that if you want that, and I think that will come in, then the the sweetener to that or the bit you're going to have to give to get that from the Players Association will be, okay, fine, you can do that, but you can't refuse a player now who asks to be traded. I think that will be the, where the really fascinating part of this and how it plays out. Thank you for your call. I really appreciate it. Uh, Adrian's in Kilsyth. G'day, Adrian. Hey, mate. How are you doing? I'm really well.
5: That's good. Uh, sorry, I've been cut off. Uh, from your feet on the phone so if someone's uh, answered this I apologise but I've also had an answer and a question in the same breath I'm an sure. AFL Carlton affiliate member yep. Um, yep. we still can't get guest passes to games now I used to get guest passes willy nilly I know there's restrictions on tickets full stop but we can't get a single guest pass at the moment so I've also wanted to know um, if you've got any connections to the AFL to wonder when um, they're going to be released back to us as AFL members to um, book a couple of extras in and um I'd argue that's probably having something to do with the lack of capacity in the AFL members in the top deck
2: as well. Yeah, I think that's another, one of the genuine concerns that, that are coming through, and I understand that. People, if you're going to go to the footy, you'd, that's one of the great things about our game, and that's why we've got, that's why the AFL, the greatest game in the world, and like, like a lot of other sports in the world, but there's some where you can't go with your mate who might barrack for another side. You've, you can only go with your mates at barrack for the same side, but... The most beautiful part of our game is to go with your mate or your, your partner or your, your, a group of your, your family and to sit together and enjoy the, you know, the whole experience and everything that comes with it. So I totally understand people saying, well, if I can't go with anyone, then I, I'm, why would I? So I think that's absolutely valid, Adrian. And I don't have any Thank connections. You. Sorry, mate, I, um, I wish I did. But unfortunately, I, I, I don't. I just don't have that far a reach.
0: All good. Thanks, mate.
2: Thanks, Adrian. Uh, Tony's in East Bentley. Hello, Tony.
1: G'day, Sam. Ringing about the ticketing, I'm an AFL member. Yep. And I've, I've agreed with everything you've said at the start of the show how appreciative we are to get back and go and watch football when others in the world card. The problem I have is when the AFL changes their distribution policy midstream, we're at 75%. For example, this week on the St Kilda support member, they changed the rules to say that any AFL member could grab a ticket to the St Kilda Richmond game. And next week's going to be a very big problem with Essendon and Collingwood at the G, where anyone can get a ticket if you're an AFL member. And they said that we are adopting this policy as per previous years. Well, in previous years, they gave us a day to get our tickets to a designated, say, Saints home game. And now they've changed it. And that's where the frustration is for them. I don't mind losing out in a ballot amongst some Kilda members to a home game at Marvel. But when it's open slather, in the middle of the way through on 75%, I just don't get what the AFL are doing.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the first I've heard of, of that, Tony, and, and I think that's another reason why crowd numbers aren't what we want them to be because there's been changes that have been made and, and it just doesn't give people enough time to, to make their plans. So I, I certainly understand that, mate, and I hear uh, your frustration. I'm wondering if that's on directions that that's happened or whether that's um, just tinkering. I, I don't have an answer for you, mate, and I'm sorry I don't.
1: I assume it's tinkering by the AFL. I'm just gobsmacked because there's 3,500 seats available for for the AFL members at uh, Marvel. And they've opened it up to 100,000. Where it's, you know, okay, just keep it at the competing clubs. I had no trouble getting tickets the previous weeks because it was the competing clubs allocation. We went in to the ballot, got them. This week, no. The system crashed.
2: Yeah, uh, Tony, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I think there's – geez, we'd love to just to, to maybe see somebody, whether it be State Government, AFL, just get up and instead of a press release, maybe just to do a, a full press conference on this and just work through each of – we're four rounds in now. This is round five going. And while some things are absolutely uh, understandable, explainable, uh, and I'm sure people go, oh, well, that makes sense, but just to be able to hear it, to have it all put to – in dot point order, for those who are experiencing this, this is why. For those who are experiencing this, this is why. I don't think that's too much to ask. Um, but the point that I was making earlier is that, it, yeah, there is we, – we still – when I look at what's going on in other parts of the world, I wonder if a bit of short-term pain uh, and a bit of inconvenience is, isn't is too much of a price to pay to be able to do what uh, a lot of the world aren't. Um, it's a fine line between those two views, isn't it? one 736 736 have got a heap of people lining up here of – I've got Nigel Carmody who's uh, on standby, so I will try and get to all of you. Um, team news, teams are in for Thursday night, St Kilda and Richmond, uh, Maddie's match. Uh, Camden McIntosh, Daniel Rioli are in for the Tigers. Jack Ross, Will Martin, Josh Caddy have been omitted. Saints have made no change to the team that beat the Eagles on Saturday. Uh, Morris Rioli Jr. and Darragh Joyce have been added as emergencies for the clash tomorrow night uh, as well. So uh, that is the team update. Um, Keep calling in. Nigel Carmody to join me on the other side of this, and then we'll continue to take your calls. one 736 736 Time on, SEN. Time on
4: with Sam Hargraves on SEN.
2: Uh, welcome back to Time On. There is smoke coming from the radio. There's smoke coming from the phone box as well, and I will get back to your call straight away. But we had a small window to talk some VFL. It's going to be a fascinating season as this uh, gets started uh, this weekend. Uh, it's a new look competition. Three states involved. Twenty two teams. Uh, And, of course, you'll see it all on Channel 7. The voice of it all is uh, Nigel Carmody, a voice you'll know well uh, from AFL Nation days. He'll be doing the AFLW Grand Final this weekend as well, which is going to be a massive, massive occasion Saturday afternoon, uh, 2 p.m. at the Adelaide Oval. Nigel Carmody, hello to you, mate.
5: Hello, Sam. Nice to hear your voice and be back on SEN. I'm starting to think someone had lost my number in there, but um, good to be with you and very much looking forward to, as you mentioned, big weekend of footy and... uh, yeah, can't wait to get started.
2: It certainly is. It, it, we, um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on this competition, but given that it's it's never looked like the way it's going to look this year. And for you, there's a lot more prep for you. Twenty two teams. You've got uh, the the six teams that are interstate, two in New South Wales and uh, four in Queensland. Uh, what are you? How do you? What are your expectations going into the year? Well, my expectations are. I think
5: this is a a theme that's consistent with how the competition has looked since the, the old VFL slash VFA merged with the AFL Reserves in 2000. I mean, I think that season we had a, a an 18-team competition. At that time, you had the Sydney Swans aligned with Port Melbourne for a period of time, which you saw you a know, large majority of the players that ended up playing in Sydney's 2005 premiership were part of a grand final team with Port Melbourne in 2002, and they used to travel down every week. So... We've had the Gold Coast Suns spend a year in the VFL in 2010 before they entered the, obviously, the AFL as well. So it's it's new in many respects, but change has been such a constant theme in this league over the last few years with alignments shifting and AFL clubs deciding to bring their programs in-house. So it's just more of the same in some respects, but I think that, yeah, clearly the seismic shift is the addition of the teams that we haven't seen before. So the Southports and the Aspleys who come out of the NEFL and will now get a chance to test their best of Victoria.
2: So how big a jump are you expecting that to be for, for these teams? Because for the for the AFL-affiliated, I think they'll have a bit of a leg up. But, but really the most intriguing two teams in this are your Aspleys and, and are your Southports.
5: I think it's a hard read and perhaps a little bit similar to the AFL season. We're, we're clearly not going to know until we've got a sample of I think, half a season to see not only how those clubs are set up with their lists and the style of footing that will, will be pl- being played in the VFL, which you'd imagine is going to be maybe perhaps more contested than what we've seen traditionally in the, the NEFL and clearly week in, week out, if they're coming to Victoria, they're going to be playing in conditions in July that are a bit different to what you would get running around at grounds in the Northern States at that time of year as well. So there'll be some adjustments to be made there, but, I mean, particularly from Southport, it's always been a... I think a club Victorians have identified pretty strongly with and seen the success they've had in the Queensland State League, and that's obviously transferred into playing against some of the better teams in the Niefel as well. And they've been competitive, and they're a strong club who've got a really good foundation behind them financially. So whether it's this year or it's in time, you'd imagine they're going to be trying to build to be you know, a sustainably competitive team, you know, not too similar to what the likes of Port Melbourne and Williamstown have done.
2: The new rules caused a fair bit of ire amongst the uh, the AFL coaches in the practice matches that they were looking at. The AFL intervened pretty quickly and watered them down substantially in terms of the uh, the position resets from stoppages. Uh, what was your read on that?
5: I think it's common sense that there's yep. been uh, a number of games played and, and the look and feel of the game just wasn't right. And also the ability for them players to transfer back and forth from AFL, they were playing, I guess, effectively a different set of rules. So for those who aren't aware, the anti-density rule now is it's two players inside the forward 50 for boundary throw-ins, no players required in the goal square, and teams will be given 12 seconds to reset. Otherwise, a free kick will be awarded at the point of any stoppage. So that's enough now for teams to sort of set up in a way that isn't completely different and dysfunctional from what we've seen at AFL level, I think. And and hopefully it means that the the gameplay will be as free-flowing as what we've seen in the AFL in the first four rounds.
2: Some big names that we should be keeping an eye on that have either come in from the AFL or or players that you're expecting to have a a big impact this year?
5: I think the, the watch is twofold almost. There'll be a group of players who have missed the draft that will take their opportunities at, at various BFL clubs this year. And, and you know in some cases, some of those guys will get an opportunity come the AFL mid-season draft, perhaps. So I think that's, that's really exciting. And we're talking about players who had no chance, perhaps, to advance their draft prospects last year simply because they missed out on playing any significant NAB league football. So I think that's going to be an exciting watch from a competition point of view in the first half of the season. From a recruiting perspective, I mean, traditionally, Weemstown—they I mean, were within a whisker of beating a, a stacked Richmond team in an epic grand final, the last VFL game we got to enjoy back in 2019. And while they've had a little bit of the fabric of that team eroded with guys who've elected to go on and um, perhaps go back to local football or, or head elsewhere, again, they've been really strong in a recruiting sense and they regain Mitch Hebbard out of... Essendon after a season on their list they get Tay Miles out of Hawthorne's program who I think is going to be a really good user of the football Mm. at BFL level as well so they've gone and bolstered their list again but the other interesting watch I think from a, a list point of view is the coaching changes that have happened as well and there's been a lot of shifts particularly with AFL club programs where they've been COVID impacted but that's also created opportunities for Xavier Clark who takes over Richmond's BFL team Lee Adams at North Melbourne and Justin Platt moves out of Melbourne to take over Williamstown. So I think that as much as anything is going to be something for us to watch and see how those coaches go being in charge.
2: Yeah, and I think Paddy McCartan playing for Sydney will be compelling viewing for a whole range of different reasons. And I think the whole footy world is in unison when it – just hopes that that he can get a run at it and a safe run at it. Um, that's going to be a must watch. Right, I don't have much long good with you. I know you're a very busy man with many different functions and uh, sort of things to be attending. Uh, I just need your, your, your premiership tip, your JJ Liston tip, and your Jim Miller the goal kicking tip, please. Poor, oh,
5: difficult <laughs> to say the very least. Uh, not something I would say I've put a lot of time into as yet. Um, yeah. Premiership, uh, sort of happy to revert to type and not sit on the fence again. But I think I'll probably side with Box Hill at this stage. They're going yeah. to be coached by Sam Mitchell. I think we can see the development that's happening in the Hawthorne list at the moment. But there's some some strong players around their program, and, and maybe there's going to be some older AFL-listed guys that do spend some time in the VFL. That's a, that's a watch. But they've also got, um, as we know, a traditionally very strong VFL list. Damian Mercedes export Melbourne player to captain them this season so I'll side with the Hawks but it's not something you'd be um, you'd be investing too much in or would have thought until it were a few games in. Frosty Mill medal, um, call me in four weeks that's, uh, that's terribly difficult um, but again hopefully we're going to see a return to maybe, you know, I don't think we've seen a goal kicker in the league kick 50 plus in the last few years so hopefully we're going to see again the full forwards and the forwards once again have a bit of a presence as well. I think that the one thing that's always exciting, we touched on it chatting about the mid-season draft, is the Fothergill Round Mitchell medal for the most promising player in the league has been a conveyor belt for the AFL in recent seasons. Jake Riccardi sort of been the latest of them who did great things with the Giants last year. So who is not just one, but perhaps the next handful of guys who can emerge to push their case for AFL footy is um, really exciting.
2: Uh, Nigel, it is incredibly exciting. That and just the fact that the uh, the VFL is back this Friday, April 16th, uh, Richmond taking on Sandringham at Punt Road to get the season underway. The most interesting season uh, in recent memory, and we can't wait for it to unfold. You'll be at the forefront of it yourself, Brown Dog. Um, it's going to be great uh, and, and must watch. Uh, and then your team and, and Jace as well will be doing the AFLW Grand Final this Saturday 2pm, mate, on 7. So good luck with that, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Sam. Cheers. Nigel Carmody, uh, Saturday 2pm uh, Adelaide and Brisbane in the AFLW Grand Final and then you can watch all of the uh, VFL matches or, or the VFL match of the round uh, on Channel 7 throughout the season, uh, the 2021 season. It's going to be must-watch uh, and get around that. Uh, David, stay right there. Just time to have a last word as we finish up Time On and then into the Sporting Capital straight after that. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves
0: on SEM.
2: Uh, still got time to just work through a few of your calls before the Sporting Capital, where I'll continue to take them. I assure you of that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 McIntosh, Rioli, return for the Tigers. side to take on the Saints tomorrow night at Marvel Stadium. If you miss the teams, no change for the Saints. Morris, Rioli and Darren Joyce are the respective emergencies for tomorrow night's Matty's Match Clash. Uh, Dave's in Parkdale, who's been waiting patiently. Hello, Dave. Hey, Dave, how are you going? Very well, Finn. thanks. Very I
4: mean, good. Hey, I'm um, just a 30-year um, bulldog supporter, and I've been at Etihad, wellship uh, well, Colonial Telstra Dome, whatever, for the last um, you know 20 years. The seats. We've got about 20 of us that sit together, and then obviously we're only limited to six people now. So I understand, you know, that we can't sit in our own seats. So mm. that's probably why some of the people are um, staying away. Just a couple of things. I want like to thank the dogs because they gave us 25. I can't remember, 33% off. One of their memberships, without us even asking, and gave us away availability to book away tickets. So that was really good of the dogs. Um, but at the same time, I'm booking and going to um, different games, and it's costing me ten to thirty bucks extra
2: um, to get the seats. But what what I wanted to um, Hey Dave, mention- I'm just going to get you to stay right there because I've got to hit the uh, the break at a certain time just to get other networks to come in and out. So that's all jargon. But I'll get you on the other side of this for the sporting capital.